Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour with your host, LaCal Lab. In our program, you'll meet some of the most insightful nurse leaders and entrepreneurs who successfully made the move from the traditional nursing profession to making nursing a big business. Now, here is LaCal Lab. Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ab. If you're tuning in for the first time, this show serves as a platform for nurse leaders and entrepreneurs who are using their skill set and expertise to make a difference in the way that we practice nursing. Today, I have a guest on the show uh, by the name of Mr. AG, AJ Rothstein. AJ is a single dad of three beautiful children, a registered nurse, and an emergency medical technician. His passion for healthcare was prompted after uh, helplessly watching a friend foam from the mouth after a seizure and attempted to learn how to help until emergency services arrived. He discovered that he could be more helpful if he were an EMT. In 2000, he began working um, at a medical center in Brooklyn, um, working as an emergency room patient care technician for five years, followed by three years of mental health worker experience. In 2008, uh, he joined the nursing education team as an exemplary nurse trainer with the continued urge to grow and conquer. He became a basic life support instructor through the American Heart Association and then decided to go through nursing school at a borough of Manhattan Community College um, in Lower Manhattan. Uh, where he graduated with his bachelor's degree and summa cum laude. Um, his mission statements are, he, he believes that he speaks for those who cannot, he cares because he understands, and he cares because he feels, and he cares to make a difference. Uh, on January, tw- January 24th, uh, 2019, he was elected by LinkedIn as a future leader of nursing. Um, in this capacity, he worked with like-minded providers, growing a community of like to impact the world of nursing for the greater good. I want to welcome you to the show, AJ. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am perfectly fine under the circumstances. Yes. Yes, I know. So since uh, COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the U.S., uh, you've been pretty verbal about what's been taking place on the front lines. Um, and you've been doing a lot of videos on LinkedIn and you have uh, videos called uh, Corona Chronicles, um, where at the end of the shift, you talk about your experience. So please tell us um, what inspired you to start those videos. You know, there. It's a couple of things. N- number one, you know, in terms of the, the patients um, are not allowed any visitors and they're, you know, they're having their own struggles, whether it's communicating with us, whether the patients, for example, on oxygen mask and can't talk and family members can't be there to hold their hands. And if I, you know, to me, bridging the gap between the patient and the family, 
seemed like a priority and uh, and uh, it clearly was clearly didn't exist and you know perhaps for very good reason um, that that's is the way it is you know to bring p- family in into the healthcare setting at this point where where the you know the covid is so prevalent it, it would potentially just make others you know family members you know the, 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 it would increase the um, you know the amount of patients that would get sick the mortality rate so yeah it's just what it's that and just to share the the human side of nursing you know we yeah. think of nurses as you know, individuals come to work, task-oriented, but we're so much more than that. And we have yeah. feelings. Yeah, that that's so true. And sometimes those feelings are lost. <laughs> so I'm glad that we have a leader such as yourself stepping out and, and beginning to talk about those things. Now, a lot has been going on, um, especially on the front lines and your front and center, um, dealing with these struggles that a lot of nurses have been facing. I, I know I've seen a lot on, on social media about um, nurses having to work on the front lines without the proper PPE and the equipment necessary to get their job done. Um, so how has that affected you while working and try to care for patients? And I know that the ratio has increased tremendously um, where sometimes you're forced to Take care of what ten patients at a time. How do you how do you manage? <laughs> okay, you know, just hearing you describe the obvious um, actually yeah. gave me chills. Yeah, it, it, it's it, that's that's what it is. Um, we are, we are overwhelmed again. You know, we're overwhelmed. All the hospitals here, we're overwhelmed in, in uh, being able to provide the basic cares. So, let's say on a med search floor where you would normally have, let's say, let's say five patients, five six patients, that number is doubled at this point. Mm. There, you know, then we're also facing where patients who. Um, are waiting for an ICU bed or being treated in a med search floor without the proper capacity. Now, in terms of PPE, right, personal protective equipment, if we don't use the right type of equipment, and I think mm-hmm. that's important we say that because there's a difference between, you know, the common N95 mask and uh, the uh, standard surgical mask. Yeah. They, we don't have We don't have the right equipment to go in there. We are greatly putting ourselves at risk to a to to get to get sick for ourselves and we understand as nurses you know first do no harm and you know we can't if we become sick then what good are we to the patients and perhaps more frightening is coming home with that you know you're coming home and you afraid to to give it to your to your to you know to your loved ones and uh it's something that we think about all the time and we do our damnedest to keep ourselves, you know, away from picking up any, any, any viruses or bacteria yeah. um, and, and not having the proper equipment um, can, I, I think, puts, puts everybody at risk. So yeah. typically, just to give you a, a perspective, so normally when you go into an isolation room, you wear the PPE, you, you, you know, there's don and doffing, right? So we don it, you know, before going in and we remove the gown and the mask prior to coming out. Now, here, here's where it gets tricky. So it, the past, if he'd come out of the room, 
uh, that would be a, like a, you know, that, that can be a big, you know, violation of care because now you're taking the infection, you bring it outside. Now, here, we're not only coming out of the room with it, but we're essentially wearing the same gown from patient to patient and mm. re-putting on the same gown as we did earlier and wearing it day after day, you know. We, we are we are getting gowns and we're able to replace them now let's say every couple of days uh, but nevertheless it's it's nothing like we've ever been trained for and nothing like I've ever seen you know in the healthcare years that you know the years that I've been working within the hospital systems yeah so that's that's I'm sorry it's, it's crazy <laughs> having it to is. wear the same gown I mean I just have to be Break right now because I remember you know myself working in healthcare on the bedside in in the emergency room and it it was almost a standard practice to throw away the gown you put on the gown when you enter an isolated room and then immediately when you leave out you're taking it off and you're disposing it and Why carefully too <laughs> yeah and carefully yes that's one of the skills that we tested on hey. in nursing school. So why do you think these standards have been so laxed and it's, it's acceptable right now to wear the same gown for weeks at a time? So I, I'm going to say that it, it's not it's not acceptable. Right. And I, I don't believe that the hospital lowered their the hospitals, you know, lowered their, their standards uh, of care. It's I just think of it as a as a battleground. You know, mm-hmm. there's a way that we ideally would like to set up and then, you know, what happens when Corona hits the fan, you know, at, at that point, it's a matter of saving the, the most, you know, the, the larger number, you know, largest number of patients with, with the limited resources that we have. And that, yeah. that's where it becomes difficult. So yeah. we're like, okay, you don't have other PPE gowns. So now you can, you can argue and say, well, I'm not, I don't have a PPE gown. I'm tossing it out. So I'm not caring for the next patient. So then we're going to have hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, uh, you know, additional people dead. But we're yeah. like, okay, you know, infection secondary at this point. So if they get sick, mm-hmm. fine. But if they end up living and they can deal with, you know, they can be treated for the infection. But yeah, it, it's it's wow. it's never okay, um, no. and, and this is not our choice, and, and we're not looking to provide limited, um, you know, s- limited care for for the patients. But at this point, if we can get medications out and and, and you know drips, then that's you know and and basic airway breathing circulation. That's what that's what it, we're after. Yeah, it takes priority. I I get it. I Always. get it. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you have three beautiful daughters at home. How are you able to to manage, you know, having to work in these conditions and then, you know, go home to your, your daughters or how, how have you been able to manage that? All right, because they'll probably listen to this uh, episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have two girls, my youngest, my youngest, my son, um, they they all live with their mom. So they they don't live with me. Okay. Uh, so which brings itself a, a whole new set of, of uh, challenges because normally I would see them, but now I don't. I don't see yeah. them any longer. Uh, and, you know, but we do, we, we do video, you know, find other ways of, of communicating but it's very hard. I mean, essentially, yeah. I, I go from patient isolation to home isolation when I, you know, and that's the 
that's the that's the new reality, you know, currently. Yeah, and the safest thing because you want to keep your family safe. You don't want to bring anything home, with, so that's the best option. Wow. So going back to, you know, you're working on this shift and, and you're having to wear this PPE for 12 hours because you did a video recently um, talking about what it is to wear this equipment 12 hours at a time. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, that having to wear this, all this equipment and how you manage throughout a 12 hour shift. So, uh, you know, the term manage, uh, you know, is, is relative. Okay. Uh, so management is, uh, is just, again, it could come back to survival. Uh, it's so hot. I mean, it, it, you can feel like it's a hundred degrees in there. Your, your clothing underneath are, are sl- soaked uh, you feel like you're, you know, becoming dehydrated, and I don't know whether there's a swelling um, that that occurs in the face or it's just mm-hmm. the, the straps. But you know, if you look at the video, you know, and that was really only wearing about an hour for that time because I had a break prior, and and that met, and just the elastic band just like digging into your face. You know, now we now we we now we you know have an additional visual of what. Our concerns are when we put equipment on patients, how they can, um, you know, skin integrity and skin breakdown. Uh, it, yeah. It's, you know, we're not really different. We're not any different than the patients. The, you know, the patients have the same. We struggle with many of the same issues that they do. Mm-hmm. And the difference is that we're standing at this point while they're lying in a bed. Yeah, that's true. So, so you're uh, getting to feel, you know, what your patients are feeling uh, so you can empathize with what they're going through. It's sort 100%. of a gift, yeah, yeah. a gift and a curse, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're able fun. to empathize. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah. That's level, yeah. So we're just gonna take a, a quick break um and return after this brief commercial. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voice America. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at thewealthynursehour.com. Now, back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Welcome back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Um, I'm your host, LaCal Ebb, and today we're talking to Mr. A.J. Rothstein. Uh, he's a frontline nurse working in New York um, in the hospital, and we were just talking about his experience um, working on the units and what, what he's been experiencing since COVID-19 um, started to hit the states. A.J.? Yes. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Good. So I want to uh, talk a little bit more about um, your nursing background. You, you, you've been a nurse for what, two years? Been a two nurse, years yeah. Two yeah. years. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Somewhat wow. you're, yeah, I know. Time flies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you're sort of like what we call, you know, in the a new grad phase of nursing, Right. Because yes. it's the first two years or so, so you're just sort of getting your feet wet. How do you feel about, you know, being a new grad and this pandemic hits and you're in the midst? How well have you been adjusting to, first of all, being straight out of school and having to deal with this nas- national health care crisis right now? Yeah, I was going to say disaster. Yes, yes. Disaster, yes. <laughs> So to, to answer that question, I'll answer it from a couple different points. So I, I have a strong frontline uh, background. So it's EMS for many years, also working in the ER. So yes, I, that wasn't done as, in a, as a nurse. However, you know, caring for patients and prioritizing, you know, because, you, you know, is, is still, you know, you're still coming back to the basics yeah. and really not being phased by, you know, in the ER you know, I've worked in a very busy ER where, you know, there could be like double stacked of, you know, patients of beds, you know, you know, waiting to get seen. And uh, it's just a matter of of prioritizing. So being able to say, okay, who needs help, you know, first, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's the way we go after it. In regards to, in regards specifically to, to COVID, I don't know that I would have 
gone through or would have said, okay, yes, I am ready to walk into a floor with an absolutely high risk of of becoming sick with COVID. It just, it doesn't make any sense. As a matter of fact, that I, I was on orientation um, Mm -hmm. at this new job Mm -hmm. and really debated, do I, do I continue, you know, what are the risks? Is it worth it for family? Cause you know, I'm thinking in my mind how my daughter's, you know, also telling me that she's, she's worried about me. And I'm thinking yeah. if God forbid I get sick or worse, you know, and, and not being able to be there for her down the road, just the thought of it was, was, uh, was scary. It was really frightening. And, yeah. uh, and I'm going to say there are, there are a couple of people that dropped out of orientation, you know, and, and I, I would expect that because this yeah. is really not, this is, if you want to pick a time to start, mm-hmm. this is not it, you know? Yeah. You know, I do laugh to myself that when this is all done, you know, we can wear a patch that says COVID certified because <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, for, you know, you go into an interview and, um, you know, seek employment or somebody wants to, well, how much experience do you have in terms of being able to manage a floor? Uh, and, and you just tell them, oh, you work COVID? All right, all right, I got you. You know, you saying, can handle well, anything. You had other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to the ER, and um, yeah. you know, this is just a, this is a. This, I'm just practicing on a on a uh, med surge unit for now, uh, followed by ICU, then into the ER. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, I have a great. I have great support from my coworkers. The nurse manager is fantastic, um, and um, I'm. I'm ready to go and I'm going to do it unless I have a reason that I can't, but I'm going to continue to do it. God willing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and, and that's the way to be. It's just to maintain a positive um, attitude and, you know, go at it. And you've been yeah. doing a phenomenal job. Of, job I'll say one that. thing that, that has been, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Go ahead. So what, you know, the, one of the things that really kept me through this was the high level of of uh, response and support from social media, uh, where just helping me talk, process, you know, whether and it's also I felt like my message was heard because when I when you know when we spoke about not having enough gowns and not having mm-hmm. enough N95s uh, or, or headgear, I've had. People across the globe reach out to me. I had, there was a church, um, you know, who wants to remain anonymous that sent me uh, protective equipment. Nice. I had, there's a man- manufacturer from a a, uh, a a woman who who makes you know hairnets, and mm-hmm. uh, she sent me a case, uh, which was I was able to share with with you know the hospital staff, and um, just the support. It really just a lot of support, and I think just really. Keeping an eye on your on your mental um, your mental health and and your anxiety, you know, just it's just staying afloat. But it's not easy, you know. Seeing the the amount of patients that die in a given day um, is is yeah. traumatic. But um, yeah, it you know, is. It's, it's the cost of war. It looks like. Yeah, and it's it's good that you mentioned that mental health mental health is very important especially in during these times and we must take care and um take care of ourselves and you know each other and family members and reach out to one another i remember you you did another video and you mentioned you know just call your fellow 
um, healthcare worker or ask you ask the healthcare worker how they're feeling. Yes, I love absolutely. that because it's necessary. You know, especially during these times, do we? You know, we're most often we're the ones who caring, but do people take the time to ask us how we're doing? A hundred percent. And I want, you know, if we, if I could share the message yeah, and it's not just going necessarily even outside of your own, you know, uh, workforce or calling somebody from, from another institution, speak to the, your, your nurses, your doctors, your, your patient care technicians, your CNAs, speak to the, the individuals that you come into face contact while we're all just trying to stay above the water and ask them how they're doing. Um, just stop and, and just speak to your coworkers and just ask them. And uh, if whatever, if dancing makes you happy or saying a prayer, you know, works, but yet yeah, just check in with each other. You know, sometimes we think an act of kindness has got to be, you know, grand. It's got to be, you know, you got to go mm-hmm. and buy something for somebody. No, it's just that little hello. It's messages, you know, people that leave me voice notes, you know, on a regular basis, you know, they're unexpected. They're, they're welcomed. And uh, yeah, just check in, just check in with the, with your media. Yeah. So you got the healthcare providers who are on the front line and need that, you know, check in. And then you also have the patient who remain isolated, you know, without family or visitors who are able to come in. Um, how are you? Ma- how are you able to, you know, help your patients through the- that trying time? It's a loaded question because the patients have many needs. You know, yeah. there's there's the physical, the psychosocial aspect mm-hmm. of it, and they also would like more time from us as, as caregivers, you know, and, and, and we would normally address those, those, um, you know, those problems, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, and really at the, you know, at some point there's, they're just not a priority in the picture of, of the whole unit. So we do the best we can, you know, at the same time, we also limit the amount of exposure that we have within in the isolation room but I look at it this way, you know, I may not have a lot of time to give, yeah. but the short time that I do have, I'm going to make a count. So if I can talk to a, a mom, if I could talk to a son, you know, a patient in the room and ask them who do they have and, and get to understand that, you the patient goes from looking like completely sometimes disoriented at almost and to like completely perk up. So it just, you know, it's the little things and um, the patients, they they are having a hard time. They're not, they're they're having it, you know, they're unable to, you know, the patients that have their own cell phone or or telephone, they're able to get through. That's great. Also family members do want to speak to, uh, you hear the static on your end? No. Oh, okay. Oh. (laughs) uh, uh, Okay. So, all right, so that's just that was just me. So you know, the the, fa- the families are struggling, and and if we if we can fi- find a way to to gap that, and uh, just you know, when the fa- you know when they do call, just talk talk to the son, talk to the daughter, and give them limited information. You know, we do what we can. It's just really just do what we can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's the to be honest, that's the best we can do given these trying times you just do the best that you can do with the resources that you have yeah so 
to date, I mean, what's the saddest moment that you've um, encountered uh, when dealing with your patients or the most challenging moment have you experienced throughout this time? Let's say, oh man, there are just so many because it, it just the volume has been excessive. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that sticks out for me was, you know, that sometimes patients deteriorate rapidly. And I remember after finishing, you know, placing a patient in a body bag and we were going through her property mm-hmm. to, to put it aside, there was a message from her daughter after she had already expired, after the mom expired and said, mom, I love you. Wow. And I, I just, I mean, it wasn't my place. Obviously wasn't going to respond or anything. I, I just looked at that and you just see the list of messages on there and the patients are, have, they're, they're, you know, they're otherwise prior to this productive, you know, they have families, some of them own businesses or, you know, whatever their prior jobs. And I would love to know what they did actually, but um, yeah. And, and we just get to see a very uh, small window of it. And it could be very, it, it could be overwhelming, um, but you know, we just, I don't, you know, we take it from there and uh, grieve silently momentarily. And then we, we pick up and move on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best, you know, again, the best that we can do. And you're doing a phenomenal job. I want to commend you again, because I, I like what you're doing, um, especially, you know, with the videos, speaking out and, and being an advocate. I mean, and you um, also, uh, when we were talking before, you mentioned that you have a background with the union and the labor union, um, and you sort of have a passion to advocate in general. That sort of have been your passion. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the way the way I look at the way I look at at uh, you know hospital management or even even just employment, everybody's accountable to somebody, right? So. Yeah. If you're in a hospital and you're a manager and you're not treating your employee with respect or you're not providing the resources, um, or it could be even if the if if the if the employee is not is not being respectful. So sometimes just being able to mediate uh, and remedy remedy a problem, and um, but really it's just how do we not just make a difference for the patient, you know, the five, six, or ten patients that you're dealing with that are part of your work list or your caseload, but it's how do we how do we improve institutionally? You know, how do we, you know, or hospitals that work within the system? How do you, how do you move that in? So one of the big unions that I uh, was very actively involved was the mm-hmm. 1199 SEIU, mm-hmm. uh, the largest uh, healthcare union. And um, they, you know, we, you know, part of just being a delegate was just, um, advocating and it means sitting on just having a voice at the table so mm-hmm. whether whether it's labor management meetings labor management council there was departmental meetings it's really you know making sure that there's a clear understanding of what the collective bargain agreement is really that with well, a fancy term cba what we call you know the contract and to what i what i like about it is the fact that it it, you, you're doing the most with the with the resources that you have, and you're trying to impact an overall system, 
you know, and, you know, you want to be a leader, not just of, of, you know, help the five, six patients you have, which is fantastic. But if you can help a hundred nurses, you know, yeah. and those nurses can then provide better care, whether not even just nurses, but if it's a dis- different disciplines, if they're either physicians or if they're patient care technicians or x-ray, you know, t- technicians or EMS, um, it's just how do we how do we make the biggest difference? And listen, you know, there are times where we got to rallies. There was just many years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. We we were down in Albany. There were five hundred coach buses that flooded. The town shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's you know, why do we come to work? And I think that's yeah. really the, the that big piece of you know why why are you doing this? And it's clearly, clearly not for the money, and money is important because I have to pay my bills. Yeah. But but it's not the reason that we join. And if you know, going back to be able to help in any capacity, then 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 that's what we need to do. And and speaking up and and not really being afraid to 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 voice your opinion, but very important, respectfully. You know, that's I think that's that's a key. You know, we can respect each other. We, there's a lot we could accomplish. That's so true. And uh, thank you for sharing that point. We're going to take another quick break uh, after this commercial. We'll join back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at thewealthynursehour.com. Now, back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Welcome back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ebb. And I'm... Uh, Joined here with Mr. A.J. Rothstein, and we're uh, he's a nurse and working in New York on the front lines. And we were talking a little bit before we went to break about advocacy and how important it is for healthcare providers um, in general, not just nurses, but uh, healthcare providers in general to, you know, not be afraid and speak up when there's something going wrong or, you know, where something's not you know, working to the best of our ability to properly serve the population in which we serve. And AJ, you've been pretty active with doing that. And I want to commend you again for all the work that you're doing. But please continue to um, talk about, you know, how you've decided to speak out about certain things that are going on on the front lines as you work and, and some of the things that you've been doing to help advocate for nurses? I think it's first and foremost, uh, just to, to really open, open, open the communicate, open that communication. So if, if it means for me, I like, I like videos because videos, uh, it, it, it's, it's so it's like three dimension. You could, you could see, you, you know, you could, you could talk, you really get a sense of, of what's happening, um, to the person speaking, and sometimes you have individuals who cannot watch the video. So if we close caption it, they can actually just read the content of it, and it's it's visual cues. Uh, so just really, you know, within the limited time we talked about resources before, limited time to be able to express your thoughts, your feelings, and your and your wants and wishes. Uh, if you could do it in a in a to me also it's therapeutic really. So if yeah. I could create the chronicles uh, and um, not going to lie, I definitely am gaining from from doing this because I, I'm allowing myself to process and look at this way. You know, you can call it venting or not, but this conversation here is is allowing me to you know in combination to with other services that I'm getting to be able to to heal through this. Yeah, and, and we're not the only ones suffering; it's the patients are suffering and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a struggle, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, also, you know, one of your latest videos, you um, talk about the five steps of grieving. Can you elaborate on that process, the grieving process, and um, what you talked about? Touched on a little bit what you talked talked about in your video. Sure. So the the basic the, the Kubler Ross model. Um, identifies five steps in grieving mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the st- or stages. So mm-hmm. first one's denial. You go into denial, anger, then bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. 
Now, it's important that those steps it's important that the steps are followed uh, um, in, in sequential order. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, I mean, you have to go through all five steps. Now, it's it possible that you will go from denial to depression and come back to anger. You can repeat some of the steps again. But if anybody that, you know, if we don't deal with, with those, with the emotional aspect of it, then there really isn't acceptance. And that's when you see down the road where unresolved trauma. And, and so, you know, just understanding the steps allows you to, you know, cognitively say, okay, this is where I'm at. And, or even if you don't necessarily need to, to point it out, but if you're talking to a patient, you could understand, you know, what stage are they in, where they're at, because if they're saying, oh, I accept, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine, everything's perfect. Well, is it really? And, and the answer is, uh, we, we pro- I think we know the answer to, to that, to that piece of it by itself. So in, in terms of, terms of the basic steps, so in, in practicality, how, how it plays out, so an example, so, you know, denial. So it's like, no, I, I don't, I don't have Corona or Corona really is, really isn't, is, it's, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as they make it. Um, I'm not, I don't fall into that category. And then once, you know, fever spikes, respiratory distress, distress kicks in, you're like, holy crap, this is, this is, this is, this is messed up. What the yeah. hell? What's wrong? Yeah. I, I, my cousin should never come to my house because he gave it to me. My brother gave mm-hmm. it to me. My cousin gave it to me, my work. And then you start, you know, and, and, you know, it goes from there. And then you start like bargaining and you're like, oh my God, listen, if, God, if I, you know, for those who are religious, God, if I just get better, I'm going to be the best ever. It's like almost, you know, we do that, you know, as children. And then there's also bargaining. Listen, okay, fine. I'm going to have to take medications for the rest of my life. I might have to take, I might have to be, you know, get some supplemental oxygen, but really if I survive and I do that, for that alone, I'll be thankful, you know, thankful. And then it's like, you know, you feel like not as a given up, but you're like, Oh my God, okay, this, this really sucks. And you know, you have feelings of depression. Like it's sad. It's lonely. It's like, um, how am I ever going to get out of this? You know, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And, and then finally, there's just some level of acceptance that, you know, and people, you see this also with, with dying patients. There are patients who, are, who say they're ready to die, and I think many of them are. They, they they're come to a point where they're, I don't, you know, that, that I know that I'm going to die, and it's just because I have stage four cancer. You know, even, even outside, outside of COVID, it's just, the, you know, that the, the process. The um, I, I, you know, one particular disturbing moment was, you know, you know, when you're dealing with a, with an expiration, a patient, you know, a patient who died and the, the healthy patient or healthier patient in the bed, you know, in this next bed is screaming that he, you know, he's praying and he's screaming that he doesn't want to die. I mean, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do there? <laughs> really, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Uh, and, and it's, you know, and it's never okay to say that it's, oh, it's going to be okay. You don't know that. So I think yeah. it's important that we, that we listen when other people are grieving and they, you know, we all grieve differently. So just because, you know, a, a family member is, is feeling sad or feeling anger, you know, to tell them, oh, no, that's, you know, don't be angry. You know, you can be angry. Now, of course, is what you do with it. Now, if you go take and you burn a car because of it, you know, that's, 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 uh, it's a whole nother level. But understanding, I think just being sensitive and understanding um, what others are, are experiencing and, um, you know, at the end of the day with, 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 you know, as we say, we got this, you know, just holding hands, you know, uh, and, and just staying together and step by step, 
you know, yeah. we, we, we are going to see the light at the end of the tunnel and we are going to become better individuals, hopefully, you know, for those who feel like they've actually learned something from this experience. And then you'll have that, that you'll have that aspect of or that part of the population who who really don't think that's a problem to begin with. And everybody's overreacting because, look, you see, everyone's back to normal again, except for the number of thousand people that died. You know, that was just yeah. them. So yeah. it's, you know, it's it's so complex, you know, and I think, you know, med- medicine is complex. Personalities are complex. So I wish we had a couple of hours to really go through this. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I thank you for um, elaborating on that. And I'm sure it helps a lot of um, our listeners who are tuning in. Um, Yeah, because uh, they may be going through these processes and not even know what's happening. So you you sort of uh, define each step in such a way that people can identify with and potentially help them through through the process. So thanks for sharing that. Are you most so, welcome? Yeah. So what, um, you know, what advice would you give another nurse who is starting right now and, you know, going through, you know, this pandemic and just unsure if they even want to stay in the profession or continue, you know, through this? What advice would you give them right now on ways to cope or not knowing how to cope? with what's going on seek help you know for those who want to you know reach out to me directly um they can but Mm -hmm. just you know talk speak to speak to professionals as well uh you know going to your best friend who you ask what colors you know you want your nails painted may not be necessarily the best person to ask you know uh, career advice from but i I think identify understand you know also just also recognizing you know feeling scared is is a normal feeling so the question is really where's it go from there you know how how can you know how can you how can you really get past it or or, or work with it and can you and there will mm-hmm. be some that some that maybe need to step down you know for this that this is not what they're um they're, they're maybe you know psychologically not 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 ready um but at the same time i'm going to say that we as nurses we we became nurses for a reason yeah and, and we're resilient and sometimes i think it's it's a lot of fear but I'm telling you, you, you know, you get into it, you do it, you're like, holy crap, I did not know that I am this capable. And you look at yourself, it's like, wait, is that me? You know, and the answer is it is, because we, we don't give ourselves as much credit as we need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, take, and take, take a few moments to sip and, and, and just, again, process, process if you can. Just what are you, what are you feeling, you know, and then ask, just Speak, see counseling. What do I do job wise? If you go to go to career counselor, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. Or maybe, you know, maybe within within the healthcare field, how many people, you know, are going to change the trajectory of, of education? Because now when they're in it, they've realized, no, I can deal with so many patients. I want to go to ACU. No, I don't want to go to ICU. I want to go to step down. I want to go labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I don't know. Listen, I came across a, 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 psych, a psychiatrist yesterday. Um, a psych resident who's now practicing medicine in this crisis mm. and um, you know so hopefully her and I will have a time to catch up and maybe I'll be able to share that but it, it's um, 
we're going to see there are going to be a lot of changes, a lot. And I think that that um, that's okay. Maybe, we, yeah. you know, the world has been going a little too fast. Yeah. And if we have to slow it down sort of to get back to what we've known might, might be a good way to reboot the system. Yeah, yeah, I call this is the, the reset time. Mm, yeah. and reset <laughs> and start yeah. start off new. So um, the reason why I um, came up with the name The Wealthy Nurse Hour is because that I believe wealth is a mindset. So if a person can make up their mind to change an unfavorable situation, then I think they have the ability to live a wealthy life. Um, I think the possession or the manifestation of wealth actually starts with the way a person thinks. And you are a great example of a wealthy mindset. So tell me what you think or how you define wealth and leadership. That's a loaded question. It really is uh, in terms of wealth. Wealth is definitely not um, cash value uh, because we see that, you know, for the people that are not living, cash is really not worth that much. Uh, so wealth, okay. yeah, I think it's important to, in, in, in individually. You know, I look at myself, even within my own relationships, you know, what do I value most? Yeah. You know, you can look of, you know, do I, do I value, do I value attra- like physical attraction? Or is it also just, you know, what, what do I value? You know, what brings me the most value? You know, having somebody who's caring, giving, and, and funny is is that maybe wealth within itself. Somebody with a positive attitude, a positive disposition. I mean, just think about living and constantly with with the thought that this is going to end bad. You know, and I'm sure we all know toxic, um, you know, people. So. You know, li- living with them is really it's that's very not wealthy. You know, I, I and I'm sure there are many people that have you know lots lot, lots of cash that would pay to get rid of the problem because uh. that's that's not wealth so so wealth wealth really is is uh, is subjective um, listen Denzel Washington said it best I read a line many years ago in the Reader's Digest it says for anybody it says that money doesn't buy hop- happiness never had any Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, so definitely. Listen, we need we need money to go around. We need we need oil to grease the wheel. Uh, it, it it just you know we need to pay our bills. We can't we can't do this for free. Um, at the same time, you know, so that's how I would describe it in, in terms in terms of wealth. Okay, and uh, real quick, your thought. How do you define leadership? Oh, so leadership is a lot of it's by by action. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, you know, we hear so much about I would do this or I would do that. And I think we see this even on a political level where one, you know, one politician is or governor or, or, or mayor saying, well, he sucks. Well, A, you're not living there. You're not living in his shoes. You don't know. So I think leadership is really getting to not showing the world. It, well, helping others get to where you are you know to me to me that's leadership yeah. it's like I, i'm in this together and i'm not going to just tell you give you instructions these are the five steps to uh to become a leader but together you know we, we with um with the right tools and uh the you know the best practices uh will help us become the leaders. And it's, again, you know, I think we need to ask ourselves, why are we in this thing? You know, do we have a drive to be leaders? Yeah. And, and I think the answer is that many, many, many don't. But there are so many leaders who never, even going back to what we said, what we said before, is there are a number of nurses who really 
never thought of themselves thought of you know as as leaders but all of a sudden now they're like nah i can speak i have a voice i can i can pull staff together when 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 sometimes our own management can yeah. and i'm being i'm just being very general at this point at this time uh so yeah leadership you know and i'd love to hear others i'd love yeah. to hear i'd love to hear what other people um have to have to share and maybe I don't know what leadership is and maybe I don't know what 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 the wealth is and uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully together it, hopefully together we'll become at least wealthy in knowledge and uh, and uh, you know what, what other currencies outside of outside of uh, the United States yeah. dollar. Well, you definitely have a wealth of knowledge and um, a great perspective and point of view to share with the world. So tell everybody where they can find you um, if they wanted to reach you and, and look at your videos. All right. So if you want to find me, um, it won't be home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, social media, it's uh, I'm on uh, really all platforms, social media. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and, and and Twitter, but most mostly LinkedIn at this point. And um, I, I have a, a YouTube channel that it's up and coming, and I will take all those videos that we spoke about and figure out a way that we can share. Because I created those videos not just to tell a story now, but uh, essentially to to um, tell a lifetime of stories, you know, down the road. And I think if we can share that information, if we can, you know, continue to pass that along, or if you know somebody that needs to hear a particular message, you can go to that video and share that one link versus them saying, here's the whole book, read it. Cause I don't think that works. Um, and Perfect. it's nurse AJR and uh, I'd be happy to connect to anybody that wants to bring value to the table. Okay, perfect. Thanks, AJ. It was a pleasure with having you on. Um, until the next time, take care and stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Be sure to join your host, LaCal Lab, for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk more next week. I can see